we do have a problem with with our K through 12 education in our state. Education is the binding factor between spending on public assistance, populating our jails, or being successful and having an opportunity to go on and do great things. It's very important for us to get education right. Um, and if school choice needs to be an option, then we need to have that discussion. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative. Today, we are joined once again by Speaker Cameron Sexton. He is an eighth-generation Tennessean and a University of Tennessee graduate and has served the citizens of the Cumberland, Putnam, and Van Buren counties for six terms in the General Assembly. Sexton has also served as a Republican caucus chairman, whip, and House Health Committee chairman. Sexton and his wife, Lacey, live in Crossville, uh, and they have three children, Greer, Olivia, and Nathaniel. The Sextons are active members in the Central Baptist Church and several other community organizations. Speaker Sexton is employed by One Bank of Tennessee, where he works in business development, and he also serves on the bank's board of directors. Speaker Sexton joins us as the legislative session is in full swing. Uh, Speaker, before we get into questions, I want to thank you because I did not have a chance to do this uh, for really standing up for medical freedom. I believe if it were not for you. Uh, we would not have had that special session, and a lot of people uh, would not really have their rights restored um, circa 2019. I know that seems like ancient history, but thank you very much and welcome. Well, thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, the nice thing is, is everything that we did in that special session, uh, everything that we said up into that time and post that time um, has really come to be factual and and. Uh, people looked at natural immunity as being superior than the, to the vaccine, and uh, data has come out showing that, that masking and the other things don't really have any effect on the mortality rate um, and all the things that uh, the liberals and the progressives were trying to make everybody do. So, you know, we still got some more work to do, but I appreciate the opportunity and the kind words. Well, they're not kind words because you dragged uh, the other two branches of the legislative and executive government kicking and screaming to the table in a way well, with a lot of grassroots support. So that's that's no small feat. Uh, so I, I appreciate it. And I know that uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Tennesseans appreciate it as well. And so <clears throat> switching gears right now, you know, Tennessee's illegal immigration problem is worse than it's ever been. Republicans are always immigration hawks on the campaign trail, boy. I mean, you're talking about, they're down, you can hardly keep them from getting down to the border and building a fence themselves. And uh, very bold promises on the issues. Go to any, you know, Reagan Day or Lincoln Day dinner in Tennessee and you'll hear it. However, I looked at all the proposed legislation, uh, especially after we had that, that special study committee. I know that the scope was limited, but I haven't seen anything uh, from Republican leadership, either Bill Lee, who, you know, in his 10 for 10 campaign promises, one of the big one was was to fight illegal immigration. And I haven't seen anything. What I have seen are a few bills um, by some folks that kind of got in trouble for even touching illegal immigration uh, in years past. And so do you see any meaningful reforms being put forth or supported by leadership uh, and if not, uh, how are GOP primary voters supposed to reconcile the governing reality with the campaign promises as we look at this issue? Yeah, I mean, I think there will be legislation. I think one of the things to keep in mind, though, a lot of the problem is, is coming from the federal government and the Biden administration uh, really doing what uh, the Obama administration did with when Governor Haslam was in office, which was not telling anybody in Tennessee 
uh, where they were sending illegals or where they were sending the refugee children or the illegal children that were taking in um, and stopping Biden, stopping the Trump policies on legal immigration. I was out with the governor, lieutenant governor, uh, about a week ago to the National Guard Armory where we're sending 50 more troops down to the Texas border, the southern border, uh, to help Texas protect it and, and not allow so many people coming across illegally. Um, we're proud to support that. I think this year, your point, I mean, there's a couple of E-Verify bills. I'm, I'm pretty certain on the House side we'll pass some form of E-Verify. Uh, we'll have to see what it looks like in committee uh, and what gets out, but there'll be uh, some strengthening to the E-Verify language that's been currently in state law on the House side. And the, the committee that you talked about, you know, they took a deep dive into it and, you know, they came out with some recommendations. Uh, most of it uh, uh, may require bills, some of it may not, some of it may be oversight. Uh, but one thing that they want to do is kind of have a, re a reporting mechanism um, and kind of like a transparency and contract transparency on where the kids are, because uh, they felt like th that was one of the bigger issues, meaning that if, if an illegal kid or a refugee child comes into the state and there's a reporting mechanism, you have to report where they go and what that house is, a lot of times they're going to someone who's here illegally. And so you can uncover a, a lot of that way um, as well. And so they were looking at different forms of that. Uh, uh, Chairman Howe um, was in charge of that. I'm sure there's legislation uh, coming from it. It's a huge issue. Um, you know, the federal government doesn't fight fair sometimes. And then the, the last thing is on the licensing side, you know, we did pull the license down in Chattanooga. Uh, we're working through some licensing problems. So a lot of times the bills may not be under an immigration caption, they may be under other parts of the code dealing with illegal immigration, but through licensing or transparency and contracts. Well, thank you so much. I, I know that the big, you know, the, the reason people come here it is not because they want to vote in our elections. Uh, it, it's because they want jobs or free education or free benefits. If none of those are here, I mean, we, we really will not have a problem any longer. And I understand, and I, I wish that Republicans sometimes would have the conversation that they don't want to have about how much of our economy and hospitality and construction and food service is tied up in illegal immigration uh, labor. Because when you don't have that conversation and then you have the fire and the brimstone on the campaign trail, I think a lot of times people just get confused. I, I think the, the whole conversation needs to be had, but ultimately primary voters really, really want something to happen on that, that regard. Do not California, my Tennessee. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative News, donning our brand new Don't California, my Tennessee bumper stickers. And if you go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support, you can be the proud owner of one of these puppies. We just got these things in the old USPS mail. Uh, hopefully you like them. Uh, we've had some people say that they want them, and here they are. And if you go to uh, TennesseeConservativeNews.com and you click that support button, we'll send you that. We'll also send you a proud Tennessee conservative bumper sticker that looks similar in design. This wonderful directory with all your state reps and state senators. And if you should give $50 or more, or, 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 if you give any type of recurring donation, we will send you this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. This is the same thing that they build spaceships out of. So if you were to put some of your objects in here and send it into the atmosphere upon re-entry, guess what? Nothing would burn up. It has magical properties. Um, next issue, because I know your time is limited and we appreciate it. Uh, right now, uh, 
this is my situation. I'm districted for a school system with abysmal academic performance. No one that tested uh, in the high school that we were districted for could qualify for college admissions. Um, and so we spend $7,000 a year. My wife spends two hours a day driving our oldest up to a private Christian school. You know, if you look at the numbers, only about 744,000 kids are in schools out of the 933 that can read at grade level. They're stuck in these underperforming schools without many options. And we were promised what I call real school choice by Bill Lee. This is another promise. Um, and I don't have any school choice that I'm aware of. If I do, somebody please send me a letter uh, and to my office, 1523 East 27th Street, 37404. But I don't think I've got any. And I don't think the kids that are stuck in these schools where there's lots of pregnancy and gun violence and, and drugs and everything else. Um, I just don't know if by the time we tinker around with all this stuff, that these kids won't be quote unquote graduated functionally illiterate and and they can't ever get that opportunity for a good education back do you think any anybody that's stuck in the situation that i am which is a lot of tennessee kids not all anything other than 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 tinkering around with things do you think we'll see any real substantive school choice so people can get out of schools if they have to well, you know, I think the governor's school choice initiative is still in the state Supreme Court. The uh, decision should be coming uh, soon enough. We'll have to wait to see what their decision is. It's a close vote, four, five, five, four, either way, um, which would provide school choice in, in two counties in the state. You know, I think to your point, too, is I think coming out of this pandemic, from what I've seen in polling data and things that uh, uh, other people, as you talk to other people across the state, is I think there's a growing sense and, a, and a, a, a growing influence of people who would like to have school choice. I think it's it's polling higher than it used to, even among Republicans in rural areas, because what parents have seen during the pandemic is school systems that shut down, that closed, that didn't open, um, that really stunted the growth. We went from uh, 33 to 34% of our kids reading on uh, grade level or proficiency in reading and math in the third grade. To 25 percent in one year because of the pandemic and so i think you've seen a growing frustration amongst parents i think there's a couple of things currently in the house uh that's being considered nothing to the extent that would apply to 750,000 people but we have a, achievement school districts in our state which are the bottom 10 percent the worst of the worst uh that have been taken over by the state which means the locals had done well with them the state had done well with them and nobody knows what to do and so we have some legislation currently that would allow those kids to have school choice, whether it's to go to a private school, homeschool, uh, or something else. And also included that would be if schools are closed less than 180 days, then you get an option, or not in not in class more uh, than 180 days, then you get the parents get a right for school choice. So I think the conversations are there. Um, you know, it's still a tight vote here in the house, even even when you talk about achievement school districts, the worst of the worst in the, in the school. But I think what you've seen in the pandemic, to your point, is you have more more parents who are frustrated um, with their school systems um, who, who would like to have more options. And, and I think you'll see that we, we currently do have school choice in the state. It's just for kids who have special needs, autism, and other things that they can actually take their money and go to a specialized school to help their kid with with that type of um, special need. So we do have a little bit of it, but not to the extent that you were talking about, obviously. Well, I wish we would, because I mean, for half the money. I mean, the state could save money. I mean, even if you wanted to keep that money in the LEA, which I think is kind of nonsensical and maybe a bad use of tax money, but the parents would probably go along with it just to get half. 
And, uh, you know, 20 years I've been here and paid into the tax system and uh, with business, you know, businesses, I've employed a lot of people and, uh, and, and own a lot of property. And I, I can't even get a penny back out from the education. It's just very frustrating. So hopefully we'll see something move there. Switching topics. This is all you. This is freestyle. Uh, this is, uh, you know, you get to just riff on this however you like. Uh, what are some of the legislative initiatives uh, that you are backing that conservatives in Tennessee can get excited about? I know there are a lot of them. Uh, pick three or four of them and just talk about uh, what the mainstream media, uh, specifically uh, Tennessee's left-leaning mainstream media, might not even want people to know is in the legislative chamber. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity. And let me follow up on, on, the, on your school choice thing. Also, I think uh, we do have a problem with, with our K-12 through education in our state because what we do know, if someone doesn't finish high school, they're 69% of the prison population are made up of those individuals. We also know that in the high poverty areas in our state, the bulk of the people are, didn't finish high school. And so there is a real dilemma in our state where education is the binding factor between spending on public assistance, populating our jails, or being successful and having an opportunity to go on and do great things. And that's why, to your point, it's very important for us to get education right. Um, and if school choice needs to be an option, then we need to have that discussion because you can only go on so long not having a educated workforce until it catches up with you. And so we really have to have those hard conversations. You know, this year, um, some legislation we're working on, we're, we're working on uh, uh, getting rid of CRT and higher education. Um, that's come to light here in the last couple of weeks. As you know, we did K through 12 last year, uh, but we have legislation to, to, to take that head on. We also have some truth and sentencing legislation uh, basically, that would, uh, for violent crimes um, or violent criminals, uh, they would have to serve 100% of their sentence. Um, there's no time for good credit. Um, we're hoping that, that we'll get, get that through, which I think we will. We're going to do some campaign finance reform. You know, we've gone through some of that here recently. We need to tighten those laws a little bit. Um, and then the, the last thing is, is a, a big issue out there right now is the books in the library. And, you know, you have the liberals out there saying, oh, you're just going to be book burning, book burning. But that's not really the case. Really, what you have is you have books that are in our K through 12 schools that are not age appropriate. Um, they're really a lot of them are pornographic in the words that they use in the text and what they talk about. Um, it's not pictures, but it's just as graphic with the words. And you have liberals who say, hey, that's OK. Um, there's a, a, an array of ideas out there. We have one. Um, because the one thing that we can't find is the one person who makes those books go on the state website or the uh, state board of education or uh, committee's website for approval. And so we really are trying to um, get a process in place uh, and have people who have it approved, whether it's through the textbook commission, but to have someone or some group of people who actually knows what books are in the library because they're a supplemental source, which we need to change, which means they're not regulated as much as other things in the classroom and really be able to hold people accountable and know what's in those, in our libraries. And, and we have people who can check off to make sure things like certain books don't get in there. And, you know, it's very important. It, there's a big outcry and we'll get something passed, what, which direction we'll go, we don't, we don't know right now. Um, but I do know that parents want more control of their school and their school system and what's going on at school. And so we need to do a better job of, of meeting that demand. Well, you've done a great job of it. And circle back on two other things just quickly. 
the thing that I hear about illegal immigration that keeps it from going forward constantly, and I hear this from like, I get you know, people talk to me that that don't know each other, and people talk to me that hate each other. So I know they're probably telling the truth up <laughs> in, in, in the general assembly because you know there's 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 political animosity and also personal animosity up there from time to time. And they say that you know uh, the big corporate interests uh, immediately start threatening to withdraw PAC money. And a lot of people that, and I wrote the book, How to Raise Money for Political Office, have gotten so lazy about fundraising in their district, they're afraid about losing that campaign money. And on the um, and on the school choice issue, what I consistently hear, even from very pro-school choice people, especially in rural areas, is the government schools are the largest employer in their district. And so it, it, it becomes like, you know, the first thing they worry about is, is are the votes from the teachers' unions uh, or just government employees in general, and it even kind of it trumps the kids' welfare. And uh, you got two situations where you know there are opposing forces. So hopefully something happens on both those fronts. And and the other things that y'all are working on on there with CRT uh, and and quality uh, and consistent literature in our libraries uh, is very important. And we appreciate you for doing that. Uh, so I appreciate you being here today. You've got a lot on your plate. Uh, I'll try to get this out to as many conservatives as I can. We're going to email, text, and uh, post this on social and put some money behind it so folks can see it. So uh, I'll give you the last word. I appreciate you very much. No, I appreciate it. You know, I mean, with any piece of legislation, as you say, you have people who are for it and who are against it. Um, most of the time, the business community and the Republican base line up, but sometimes they, they, they don't. And, and so, um, you know, you got to work through those issues. You know, I, I think when you talk about school choice, I, I think there needs to be uh, renewed conversations um, with individuals and, and just say, if you're against school choice, tell me how to improve education K through 12. What's that option? If you're in the bottom 10% of the achievement school districts in our state, and we know that these kids aren't finishing school, we know that they're either gonna go to prison because they didn't finish high school, or they're gonna be in poverty because they didn't go to high school, or they could be in the gang because they didn't finish high school. And so what is the alternative? We're, we're a party about hope and opportunity and getting people to be successful in life. And we need to make sure that when our kids, all kids, whether Republican, Democrat, independent, regardless of what race they are or what gender they are, when they finish, they need to be able to go get a job and be able to have the skills and the knowledge to be successful. And that's what we should want in K through 12 and whatever we need to get that accomplished is what we need to do. Amen, Speaker. I appreciate you very much, and uh, thank you for coming to the program. Thank you for being willing to speak directly to primary voters on tough questions. A lot of people, you know, just completely dodge this stuff, and so I appreciate you having a, a candid, open conversation. Uh, and until next time, I hope you've enjoyed this. As a subscriber, I'm Brandon Lewis with the Tennessee Conservative, signing off.